All right, baby's asleep. Baby is asleep. All right, sis. I'm so excited about this episode, everyone. I have the lovely Gabby Bon, my sister, that is joining us today. She's a badass personal trainer, and we're going to talk about intentional movement because this was something when I was taking your classes, Gabby, you kept talking about. And I wanted to really figure out, you know, what, what do you mean by this? How can you apply this in your everyday life? So when we think about intentional movement, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) I love that question. So a lot of the times when clients or people work out, the idea is, Hey, I want to check out. Like, I want to like not be here mentally because it's something they're already telling themselves they don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's almost like you're forcing yourself to work out because you know you have to, right? And then you mentally are just unavailable. And being mentally unavailable means there are a number of injuries that can occur. Um, Are you actually engaging the proper muscle groups? for that movement so you can get the most out of the workout, um, right? So that kind of goes into that idea of what is intentional movement is being present while you're working out. Um, sometimes it's so hard to stay with it, but the idea is the more uh, engaged you are mentally with your workout, the more you're going to get out of it. And when you say engaged, what are some examples Like, can you walk me through a simple movement that you would probably tell a client to do and how would you make that intentional versus not intentional? Yeah. So the great way to start is always with the breathing. So even from the beginning of sessions, I always tell clients, okay, we're going to start with our breath. Okay. That's, that is like the number one thing you can always do to get yourself ready. Because when you're in tune with your breathing, you're going to be in tune with your workouts. So for instance, is that simple squat, right? So when Mm -hmm. I'm telling a client, okay, we're going to practice our squats. We squat every day. All of us squat. We sit in a chair, we squat down to pick something up, but we're not being intentional about it, right? We're just going through the movement. By doing that, we're more prone to pain in our lower back, using muscle groups that aren't meant to be used to do that movement. So when we're training together in the sessions, I'm focusing on our breath. So I'm saying, inhale, hold that breath, squat down, send the hips back, squeeze the glutes, exhale. Then they're focusing, okay, my glutes, I'm pushing, I'm exhaling at the same time, that activation then occurs. Wow. So it's almost like this, you're orchestrating not only the activation of particular muscles, but you're bringing your breath in as another layer to that. So how, how does that benefit you in terms of either like, does it make your, your workouts more effective? How does it benefit your overall well-being by being intentional versus, you know, just being mindless, which I, I used to do prior to your workouts. It's like, okay, I just have to get this done. I want to get over with, I'm going to like Zen out and I'm not really paying attention to the muscles I'm working or how I'm breathing. There's a lot. First of all, breathing, we tend to cut our breath short 
already. So by coming into tune with our breathing, we then start to connect to our body a bit more. We start to feel our diaphragm fill up. We start to feel muscles that maybe, you know, you haven't actually filled your belly with all that air before. Like, oh, what is that? And then actually knowing how to engage in that, you know, those transverse abdominals, that's something that's an everyday function, right? So that's an everyday function of breathing. And so being intentional is going to help you in those movements. So that next time, you know, you are even simple things of getting out of bed, you're understanding, oh, like I'm twisting. Oh, what does that feel? Oh, my lower back is hurting. Why is my lower back hurting? Okay. Like that intentional movement, um, is gonna, is gonna help prevent injuries. That's, that's the big, that's a big thing, I guess. So to make the answer short, it's going to be to prevent injuries. Okay. So there's no, do you get in, you don't get any added benefits of, you know, you're bringing, because you're focusing on your breathing, you're maybe pulling more oxygen to those parts of your muscles too. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Like your muscles only work with oxygen, right? So if you're holding your breath, like the more fatigue you're going to feel, the less oxygen that's going to be, uh, you know, going to those muscle groups. Uh, so yeah, you, you focusing on that breath only will sustain you longer. Oh, that is so cool. And I'm thinking back to when I was pregnant, I know you were giving me some like breathing techniques of like how to engage your, um, your pelvic floor, which was a little bit about, you know, we talked about it in the last episode with Dr. Ivy, but it's all about the breath and intention you can bring to your abs. And it almost brought another layer of doing an ab workout without me even doing crunches, which was insane. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Like if you are, just for instance, right now, like as you're listening to this podcast, like drop down to the floor and just start doing crunches, like just do crunches. Now, instead of maybe just do 10 of those. And then for your next 10, what I want you to do is think about keeping the shoulder blades off the ground. And every time you reach an inch higher, you're going to exhale. So your breathing should start to go Okay. By doing that, you're going to be like, wow. Okay. I am feeling some deeper abs working here. And those are those transverse abdominals. Those are those abs that you don't see, right? That's not, that's not considered your six pack, right? Like that's not the abs in the front, but those are the abs that are going to do a lot of work for you. So yes, that controls that diaphragm, that breathing too. I'm going to try that after this to see the difference. Um, Where do you start? Like, what are some recommendations on, like, where's a good place for you to start to incorporate this in your workout? Um, I would say you don't even have to start incorporating it in a workout. You can start incorporating it in basic things you do. Like, I try to be mindful about every motion I do, every movement I do, um, even if that's as simple as uh, vacuuming right? Mm-hmm. Because that's so easy. A lot of the, a lot of the things that people don't realize is like these little, these daily activities work so many muscle groups that one false move 
can tweak your neck. It can put you out. And we don't want that. So being mindful of even, even vacuuming. As I step forward, as I'm stepping that foot forward, pushing that vacuum forward, I'm inhaling. I exhale the pull back. I'm inhaling, pull forward. Exhale the pull back. Those little motions will start to incorporate. And the more you incorporate in those little things. And even if you want to be more intentional with your breathing, uh, after I gave um, birth, and I had my C-section every day when I was in the shower, I would just focus on breathing. Mm. That's all I would do. So I would take that time. It doesn't take long. I would reconnect because by doing that, I start to reconnect my lower abs because they get severed, right? They're cut because I had my C-section. And I was like, the only way they're going to come back together is me showing them how to do it. And that breathing started from there. So those are the things. And then as you get more familiar with your breath, incorporating them into your workout is only going to kick it up a notch for you. Oh, I love that. It Breath is just so important. It, even, even when you're not thinking about a workout, but implementing into your everyday, which is a common, another common question I would get is, okay, well, how in the world do I incorporate this? If I'm, if I'm, I have a busy schedule, like I'm a busy mom, I have two kids, um, but here you just answered that, like you can do it no matter what activities you're doing. So whether you're picking up a kid or picking up toys or you're going, you know, you're running errands, this is something that you can apply in your day-to-day life, which is fantastic. Let's, um, jump into some, a lightning round. I have a handful of questions that, uh, we received about intentional movement, fit, fitness, exercise, um, that I would love to dive into. The first one is I'm currently two months postpartum. What are some exercises to help lose the baby fat? I love this. I love <laughs> this because obviously I went through it. Um, however, there's so many factors. I know like, I know this specific episodes, um, based on intentional movement, but like with this question specifically, there's so much that goes behind it. Like your hormones, um, you know, whether you were working out too prior or during your pregnancy, those things, you know, there's a lot of factors here. Um, but the, the best thing you can do is walk two months postpartum. Like once you get cleared, just walk like, and those are things that you can do with baby, right? Because that, that's the, that's the number one thing is like, okay, well I have a baby now. What, what can I do with my baby? Right. You walking is the easiest, you know, you would baby wear them, walk for a couple miles. I was trying to find a balance of walking. Oh my gosh. What if she gets hungry? All this stuff. So I would just fill my pockets with anything I would need to walk with her. So I'd have her pacifier. I'd have an extra bottle made for her. I'd wear her on the front and I would just go. And if I needed to feed her, I'd feed her and just keep walking. That that's going to be the number one thing you can do is walk and diet. Your diet is going to be huge here. You just can't eat the same way you ate when you were pregnant. Um, and it's even harder if you're breastfeeding. Like, so that's a different story, but, uh, exercise wise, just walk. Most simple, simple, as simple as that. Another question that is in line with this one 
is how does working out during pregnancy impact either, you know, how you feel during pregnancy and also postpartum? I love this. So, I mean, I love all these questions, obviously. (laughs) Um, So working out during pregnancy, it just depends, right? So if you're working out prior, you get cleared and you can work out during pregnancy. That's great. You're going to feel like you have control over that as everything else around you, you don't have control over right? Mm-hmm. So it's not only going to help you during your birthing process, it's going to make it that much, you know, easier for you. Um, but it, it's just going to help you on a routine. It's just going to keep you in a routine. And then post, it's not, I always say like, postpartum people are like wow you know you bounce back fast and and it's not about the bounce back it's about being able to do the motions I was able to do before comfortably still I'll I'll never look the same as I did before but that's okay right because I'm still able to do the same motions I did before that's that's the most important for me I hope that answered the question No, that does. And I think it's so important to like this balance, because I remember, you know, going, going through the, you know, your first trimester, it was like giving yourself grace too of you're not going to be able to perform at the level you did before pregnancy. And that is okay. You're going to have different limits. And I remember it was really hard for me to kind of switch my mindset for a while. And then, of course, we both chatted about it. And you're like, just give yourself grace. Like your body is different. It's doing, you're not only trying to do these heavy compounded movements, but you're growing human being inside of you. Like you, your body needs to rest and it's going to act differently. And it was, it was very interesting. And I'd love to how you felt about this of how you start to learn a different body in a sense. You're used to like this body that you had, you know, all of a sudden it's changing. And I thought it was really cool to kind of re-meet your body. I don't even want to say re-meet my body. It's like a new version of me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a whole new me. And the hard part is, yeah, like postpartum, you go through so much hormones, you go through so much mentally. Now you got a baby to worry about. And you're trying to figure out who you are now as a mom. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that who I was before is lost. Oh, right? Yes. So yes. so I think that I always have loved fitness. I've always been in it. And me continuing it during my pregnancy and, you know, once it got cleared postpartum, like – I was still me like that was still there. I just Mm -hmm. had a new version to work with. And for me, that was exciting because it was a new challenge for me to overcome um, and then overcome mentally too. Uh, Goosebumps. I love that. Um, Okay. Well, it's summertime and heck yeah. Everyone wants to know what are some top workouts that are, are effective to get those sculpt tone abs and arms okay so (laughs) there is this sort of I don't want to say it like this but 
a misconception that by working one part, you're going to just all of a sudden lose it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you're like, I want strong arms and all of a sudden you decide I'm just going to do bicep curls. Like it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) Um, yes, you'll get muscle in that area, but it doesn't work that way in the sense of the body works as a whole right? So if you want abs, if you want those arms, you got to work everything else just as much. Um, so your top workouts, things I love to do that are going to be fun because it's summertime, it makes it even harder for you to, to get, you know, into the gym to want to do it when it's so nice outside is first of all, like the first one I said was walk, you know, Mm -hmm. that immediately gets, if you stay, keep your heart rate at a good spot. I say like zone two, there's different zones for your heart rate. So if you stay in zone two for like a good 30 minute walk, which is about, like, what is that? What is that? What is your heart rate? About 120. Um, Depends on who the person to, um, but it's, it's going to feel like a little effort. But that's a great place to start. And then to do a little strength training because it's so important. Um, top workouts that I personally love, a squat works mm. everything. Um, an RDL, which is a Romanian deadlift, that works everything. Um, and for your arms, everyone's going to hate it, but push-ups. I hate push-ups. Yep. They're yep. so <laughs> I know. Those are my top. Uh, those are my top three. I would say for you to just, you know, personally, that I feel like you get the most out of. Okay, and I do want to do a quick plug in here. I talking about the walking because I have a desk job. I was like, oh my god, how can I get some more movement into my day outside of you know the two mile walks I'll do with my dogs, Bruce and Bane. And I saw this whole entire thing on TikTok about getting a walking pad and doing the setup. I must say, I love it. I'm going at a slow pace, but I'm just in awe of the fact that at the end of the day, like, you know, of course I'll take breaks throughout the day, but I'm getting like six miles and up in a day, which is insane. So it kind of just goes to your fact of like those incremental gains and of course that consistency component to it. But just a plug for those people that are, that do have like those desk jobs, and you work from home, this might be a good option for you to look into. And I'll definitely put a link about, you know, the, um, the, the walking pad that I have too, and the setup. Let's talk about food. I I know you are not a registered dietitian and Mm -hmm. we'll make that very clear on this, but what are some of the best foods for a post-workout recovery or even, and I would say post and pre-workout it sort of depends on you on on what your body can digest fast enough. So you want to avoid like fatty things. Um, like for your pre-workout, basically I like, I wouldn't go in with like an avocado, like, like avocado toast is a no. I I wouldn't like some people, if your stomach can do it, like go for it. But it, it's not going to feel so great. You might feel even more sluggish if anything. You want something that's going to give you energy. A really great one is an apple. Like it's going to turn into sugar, like a good natural sugar for you. It's going to give you a little boost of pre-workout to get your energy going. And it's pretty straightforward and simple. Um, 
post-workout, a carb and a protein is awesome. Something super simple, um, like you can do, you know, almonds or like a peanut butter with celery and like um, yogurt is a good post-workout mm-hmm. too. Um, things like that, snack size. I love that. Well, maybe a great follow-up podcast is to have a conversation with a dietitian. I think that would be something that's interesting. So if all the listeners out there are interested about that, send me a comment below. So maybe we can look into that. Um, how the heck do you stay motivated, Gabby? Like you, I granted this is your job and you, you freaking kick ass at it, but how the hell do you stay motivated? Especially since now you have beautiful Jojo, your first baby, you know, you're, you're, you're doing so many different things. You're a very active person. How do you just stay motivated at the end of the day? And do you have any tips for someone where maybe this is, they want to start a healthier lifestyle? So I've been able to establish a routine that is habitual. Um, it's not like, it's not a take it or leave it. It's a I always do it. It's not an option. It's already there. Um, it's like breathing. I don't choose to breathe. I just do it. Do it. Right? <laughs> because I need to live, right? So it's that same idea. It's it's making fitness a priority. Um in, in your life, you have, you have to make it a priority. If you make it a priority, it's going to be easier for you to maintain. I learned that. And I always tell this to my clients. Um, we, we tend to rely on our motivation. We tend to rely on our willpower to get us up, to get us stressed, to go do it, to amp us up, to drive us forward, to be like, if we got this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lift heavy. I'm going to go for that three mile run. I'm going to do this. But look how much, I mean, even saying it, I'm exhausted. I'm like, yeah. God, I already got it. Like find that like energy inside, pull it out of me and, you know, do it. When half the time I roll out of my pajamas and I go, this is what I'm going to give. This is what I'm going to get. Like, I don't need to wear cute clothes to work out. Like I just need to get it done. That's mm-hmm. all. I just, it's like brushing my, t- I just need to do it. So I don't rely on willpower. I don't rely on my motivation because heck I wake up sometimes and I'm not like, I'm not motivated to work out. I don't, sometimes I don't want to do it. Like I'm human too. You know, I'm not a, you know, a superwoman in the sense of like always wanting to work out. No, there's days, there's weekends where I'm like, I don't want to move, but it's not an option, right? So that willpower will eventually wear out just like a muscle. Enough times that you use it, you won't be able to sustain to get you into the gym. And then eventually you're just going to stop. So I don't give myself a choice. I say, this is, this is it. And I block it out in my day. I don't give options. I don't say, I'll I'll do it when I do it. No, I'll do it now. I'll do it at 7 o'clock. I blocked out my time. Um, It's a non-negotiable. Do you ever look at the negatives of like what could happen? Like, you know, of course, you have beautiful JoJo now. And the trade-offs of like, 
you know, you're doing this for her. Is that, would that be any type of motivation for you? Or is it really just the focus on yourself? Um, if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of others. Right. So it's self love. It's, you know, respecting myself. You know, Mm -hmm. if I can respect myself and give my body the love it deserves, like it went through a lot. It birthed the baby. Like I should take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I shouldn't neglect something that I've been given. And, you know, I want, of course, like I want Jojo to see her mom take care of herself because I would want her to take care of herself and respect herself. So if she sees me respect myself and saying, well, mom, you know, takes care of her body, you know, but she still lives her life, you know, I should be able to do the same too. Let's talk about strength training. What are the benefits of strength training? I I feel like this is a dirty little secret in fitness. Like no, I think a lot of people that I've chatted with are like, oh no, I, you know, I don't want to do strength training because I want to get bulky and I want that long, lean and toned look as if I've been on a Pilates reformer all day long. What are some myth busters that you can throw out at, at strength training and why is it beneficial? There are so many. And it's funny that you that you say that because I remember a long time ago too, you asked me the same thing. You were uh-huh. like, you said, you said, Gabby, I want to do strength training, but I don't want to get bulky. And I go, you won't. You won't get bulky. Like if you want to you got to work to do that. Like to look like a bodybuilder, to get those, like, you know, to get jacked essentially to say the (laughs) least. That's not, that's not easy to do. Right. Like I lift really heavy and like, I'm not, I'm not super jacked. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be right. Like that's not my goal. Um, but I lift super heavy you you have to work really hard to get there. So as a female, strength training is so, so beyond important, not just for, you know, mental and, you know, uh, what you look like, things like that. But, you know, your bones need it. They deserve it. They, they deserve to be under that tension to help keep sh- like your bone strong basically right does it help with osteoporosis because i know that's something you know yes that that we'll all face eventually if for women later down the road yes that is like number one right and so okay when it comes to like myth busters bust busting myths oh is that all the same (laughs) (laughs) it's you see, you always, you walk into gym and the first, like you see those dumbbells and you see those big guys like mm-hmm. lifting and you're like intimidated, right? Like strength training can be super intimidating, but it, it doesn't have to be if you take the small steps forward so that you can understand what's actually happening in your body, right? And also here's another good old myth buster for you. You don't need to do it for two hours in a day, right? Like those people who hang out at the gym and like they just like do a couple reps, they rest for like two minutes. Like that's not what 
what I'm assuming what everybody who's listening to this wants, right? Like that's not what we want. We want to build muscle, but we want to keep some endurance. Um, But the great thing about strength training is it's functional. If you practice it doing functional movements, it is going to be so good for you. And, you know, when you pick up your baby, when you're, you know, reaching for something overhead, these are things that are going to protect your body. So, I mean, we can go more and more into it, but I hope that answered that question. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. But is there what I know for some workouts, you can actually continue burning calories even you know, a couple days after a workout is strength training one of those workouts or is that hit? That is strength training. So what you'll, what you'll find is, so all my clients, um, we do conditioning every now and then, but I, I specifically poke at strength training. What will happen is you'll come in, you'll, you'll work out, you'll lift heavy, you'll feel sore, and then you're going to get so hungry. You're going to be like beyond hungry. You're going to be like, well, I am ravenous. Feed me like that hanger will happen because you are, your muscles are just taken. It is taken whatever it possibly can because it needs to rebuild. It needs to re-nourish, right? It needs to grow um, because that's what we're doing, right? We're growing our muscles. Um, we're making them stronger, denser, right? And then when... So, okay. So you, so you needed that. Whereas hit, it's an instantaneous, it's a cardiovascular, you know, you're, you're burning, which I'm sure I'll I'll say this afterwards, but you're burning instantaneously. So it's what you see is what you're going to get sort of situation. And a great, a great thing to ask. And I'll, and I'll give the um, listeners a little, you know, this is a pop quiz is, (laughs) How do you actually burn fat? Where is it going? How do you get rid of it? Right? What would you say, Sam? Mm. Is it out of sweat? Like, do you, is that how you do it? Like, what, what would you, how would you say you burn? I have no idea. I have no clue. Okay. This is going to loop around the whole conversation. You actually burn calories by breathing. It's exhaling. That's how you actually what are burning. <laughs> yes. So yes, your cal- yes, your muscles are like eating too. So that's burning it. But like exhaling is how you actually are losing. Yes, like that breath. So if we loop everything back to mm-hmm. intentional movement, mm-hmm. how would you? I guess how does the breathing that we talked about in the very beginning of these intentional movements play into burning fat? That is literally it. So that's why hit, if you do hit, it's instantaneous because your breath is working harder. You are really working on it, right? Like, yes, your muscles will be eating your calories and growing, but it's not necessarily burning it. That's where your breath comes. That's where it's t- it's coming out of. Wow. I'm completely mind blown right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish all the listeners can see my face. Mm-hmm. No, I break it down for me. Is it true that muscle weighs more than fat? And if so, why? Um, I'll rephrase that for you. Okay. Muscle is more dense than fat. Okay. So 
it's not that it weighs more. There's just more content in the space because it's dense. It's gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna seem like that, right? There's um, a lot of people on it, and I always say this too. Uh, trainers who like when we first when you first start training especially like I was I was small like I'm a tiny person and when I was younger yeah when I was younger I was even more tiny right and that was the lightest right if I was to weigh like lightest I have ever been and then I started strength training and I started noticing like these awesome changes right like booty gains like hello booty like, right? Like, hello, biceps, mm-hmm. like, in a great way. And then I weigh myself and I'm the heaviest I've ever been. But I'm but you're the, the freaking fittest you've I'm ever the been. the fittest <laughs> I've ever been. Yes, exactly. So it, so it's crazy. Like, yeah, muscles more dense than fat. So that's why the scale is a little you know, deceiving because you're going to hop on. And you're like, I've been working my booty off for two months. What, what's going on? And you're, and then I'm, I'm going to say, listen, like you're building muscle. So that weight might not change, but that body fat percentage is going down different. Mm-hmm. That's different. And how often should you exercise? Is there is there a specific like an, um, an a specific number? Is it three times a week? Is it depending on the exercise that you're doing? Like, is there a magic number or no? Yes, there there's you know guidelines. You know the that they give you you should work out or exercise. But what I say is you know four times a week for strength training. It's perfect four times a week for strength training, and then fill it in where you can. Whatever, any movement is good movement. That's what I always say. So moving every day. That That's the big kicker. And this is something that I was talking to my client about, actually, and trying to remind my clients. We don't have to make it a thing. You make it harder. You're going to make it harder if you start to make it a thing. Where yeah. it's like, I got to hit I got to hit my conditioning days twice a week. I got to hit my strength training, right? Like, and you're, you have this calendar and you're like, okay, I have all this I have to do. And then the one day you miss one and then you miss another and you're, and you're like, well, I'm already, I'm already out, whatever. Don't make it a, don't make it a thing. Don't make it it a thing. Just do it. So if you're looking at your calendar and you're like, I don't know what I can fit in. Like, what am I go for a run? Do it. Just do whatever you can fit in to do. Um, but keep moving. Because there is that couch, it's kind of couch potato phenomenon. And it's a real thing. And 45 minutes of working out in a day isn't enough. You have to keep going, right? So some people who work out 45 minutes and they go, I'm done. I did my workout for the day. No, you're not. You're not. You can't. There's more you got to do. You got to keep walking. So yeah, I can tell you, you should work out X amount of times in a week, but, and, and give you what you should be doing. But if it's not getting done, then what good is it? Exactly. Yeah. Right. It so go, it goes back to your inspiration, like your, how do you say motivate? It's just like, just get it freaking done. That's all you yeah. have to do. Just get it done. And then when you're on that, when you create that habit, then we can talk, what <laughs> should I do now? Like now I, now I, I know what it's like to do it every single day. Okay. Now I need a game plan because when you have a program is when you'll see results. Now we, we talked about training 
I want to kind of go on the other side of that and talk about flexibility. Mm. I started to think about this more as I'm nearing my mid thirties of holy cow, by the time I'm 70 years old, you know, I want to be able to bend over easily. I want to be able to, you know, sit crisscross applesauce. I want to be able to move my body with any way I want to, at, you know, as long as I can. So how does flexibility play a role in that? And can you t- tell me a little bit about like mobility training too? I love mobility training. It is the number one thing that's going to help recovery of any injuries. Um, can you explain mobility training to begin with? Yeah. You know, I say this in the best way possible. Some people find mobility training boring. Right. It's like, you're like, you're like, Oh God, like I have to do, you know, this how many times with no weight, like what? But it's the most important because it's going to that mobility helps our hips. It helps our thoracic spine, right? It helps our knees, our ankles. Ankles are a big one. People forget our ankles do things. Like they're, they're there, the people forget that you got to work them to help you to walk, to help you to move, to help you to bend down. Some people squats hurt them because their ankles. Ankles. Wow. Right. Yeah. So it, it all gets connected. So basic mobility is exactly as it sounds like we're working to get your hip joints, all your joints mobile to, to make them accessible, to work them properly with your muscles. Should you, um, yeah. should you aim to do mobility at the end of every workout, at the beginning of every workout? How would you incorporate this into your everyday? Beginning. Okay. So I like to incorporate mobility in the beginning as an active warm-up. So before you actually work out, um, you don't stretch. Okay. So stretching before you working out, it's not, it's not where you put it. Stretching is after you work out. So mobility is how I get my clients warmed up and ready to go because then it gets those joints nice, lubricated, feeling good, and then we're in it. How would you even start a workout like routine for someone that's a beginner? Maybe like walk me through something like for a beginner and someone that's like intermediate and they want to kind of get back into it. There's, I mean, it just depends on the kind of workout you're doing. Um, Mm. But a beginner is you can still add weights, um, but body weight's great, you know. But I would say, and it's not the most accessible, um, and I'm not trying to be biased, but (laughs) if you're a beginner, hire a personal trainer. Only because you'll understand what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And you need somebody to watch you to do that. You can't assume you're doing it right because even myself, like a coach needs a coach, right? A trainer needs Mm -hmm. a trainer. So even myself, I, you know, I find myself going, oh, that felt funky. I can't see it. You know, somebody needs to watch me doing it. And then I can be like, oh, yes, now I see what I see what's happening. So a lot of the time, the most simple movement, like a push up, you know, 80% people do it wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's me looking at those things and saying, okay, no wonder why your wrists hurt. That's how, if that's how you've been not just doing push ups, but holding yourself on the ground when playing with your kids, 
Like that's how you've been bearing weight on your wrists. Like no wonder why, like those little things of don't put weight like that on your wrists. Like don't put weight like that on your knees. Like they're not meant to hold you like that. And and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be engaging here. Like, yes, like that's, that's that mindfulness coming back to it. That's why you hire personal trainers so that we can watch you. We can be concise on what needs adjusted. So that's mm-hmm. what I'd say for a beginner. If you're intermediate, if you've been doing this for a while, you you know what you're doing. A lot of the time that is just a maintenance, like you're maintaining. Mm-hmm. So that's having fun. Like you can find challenges, you know, people who have been doing it intermediately go for like, sign up for a half marathon, do things that you haven't done that are physically, you know, challenging, so that you can keep your mind actively engaged in like a new challenge, physically wise, you know, if that's something you want to do. I cannot speak enough about the power of working with someone, especially like a personal trainer, especially when we live in a society where we have education and all this content at our fingertips. Like there's so many people like influencers on social media that might be showing you all these moves, but I was mind blown because I've been working out, you know, since high school and lifting weights. When I was doing a class with you, Gabby, you made a slight adjustment in my squat where I had to maintain my knees as if I had like a a resistant band around my knees to keep that pressure when I was squatting. And it took my squat to a completely new level. And I think that's the power. Once again, it speaks to the power of working with someone that can see your movements and help guide you in the beginning, of course. And then once you get it down, then those are great moves and things you can apply by yourself when, when you transition. Yeah. And like I said, I, I get it. Like personal trainers aren't cheap. Like, yeah, I know that like that, that is a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. However, if you're on the fence and you can afford one, but you're just not willing to like, that's a different story. Like I always tell people like, Hey, like, you go to Starbucks every day, you get your hair done every month, you go get your nails done, right? You get your massages, which are great. Love massages. You get your Botox. You get your Botox, you get your lip filler, you get all these things done every month. But the number one thing that's going to make you live longer, you're not willing to do. Light bulb. Right? So, but that, but that's also because they know it takes effort. Like you, you're paying somebody for you to even put more effort into it, right? Like that's the funny, right? Like that's and it's the funny not part. instant gratification either. Yes, it's not instant. Yeah. You have to. You're paying somebody, but yet you have to work for it, right? Imagine if you just go, here's the money, and then all of a sudden, like you get the muscle. You get like, yes, everyone would be doing it, but that's the part that I think you know. It's hard for people. It's hard for people to justify when. Everything else is so easy to justify because it's instant. They get Mm -hmm. to see everything instantly, right? That, you know, those new jewelry, those things. But again, like I said, like, it ain't going to make you live longer. Yeah. So on the other side, because I do want to be considerate during these economic times, you know, people are, they're experiencing layoffs. um, There's budget cuts and whatnot. 
what is some like what is an educational tool or maybe a resource listeners can think about if they cannot afford a personal trainer? How can they still make sure that they're engaging their muscles and they're doing exercises the right way? Yeah. Even group sessions are great. Finding your local trainers who do like park workouts, those are things like obviously do your research on those trainers, but people do park, like I did park workouts and they don't charge a lot, right? Sometimes it's like- And they're free. Yeah. A lot of them are free. Yeah. There's free ones. People go, hey, just pay me 10 bucks. Like you're getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yes. But that's a great option. On top of that, just have a friend with you. Do it with a friend. Yeah. Like, sure, that friend's not a personal trainer, but they can visually see, like, that definitely does not look like what it should look like, right? And you can kind of figure it out together. Um, It's not the best solution, but if you want to get picky, like, have a partner with you and you can figure that out. Uh, YouTube is great, but you know, Instagram and all these things that give you all these workouts, but if you're not doing them right, it's going to be hard. But I always say, do it with a partner, hold each other accountable, watch each other's movements and Mm -hmm. see like how you're actually doing it. On top of that, you have a phone. We all have phones. Oh my God. Yourself. Like (laughs) just put your phone down at that, you know, that angle. So you can see your squat look at it, then look at somebody else on a video doing a squat. And you can be like, whoa, that is not the same squat. Like what's going, are you know, are you going to have to play around with your squat? Yeah. Cause you're going to have to figure it out, but that's a good one. Video yourself. That is so smart. I freaking do that for, um, well, Christopher, my husband will do that for my golf swing. Like he'll videotape me so I can rewatch it and see where I need to tweak and move my form. Never thought about applying that to workouts. If I'm like by myself and I need like that, um, like that confirmation that it looked good and I was doing it right. I love this conversation says this has been amazing to wrap everything up. What are some words of wisdom? Like share a powerful quote that just hits you or like a mantra that has influenced your life or work and discuss a little bit about the meaning behind it. My favorite quote, which is a quote I leave in my garage on my um, right exit and in my gym is old ways won't open new doors. If you're expecting a change to happen, but you stay exactly how you are it's not going to change right Mm -hmm. so you have to be willing to put that effort in consciously like we were talking about being present to make that change happen you can't just wish for something and it's gonna it's gonna happen no you have to be ready to put the work in put the time in change the ways you have so that new opportunities new things, new anything can come to you. Right. So that's, that's my number one word of wisdom. I, 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 I live by it. Old ways won't open new doors. Thank you so much, Gabby, for joining me today and like opening up your heart and all these awesome ideas or not ideas. I just say tips on, you know, thinking about moving intentionally and ways you can get started where can listeners follow you and learn more about um, your services? Um, you can follow me just on my Instagram. I have two, Gabrielle underscore underscore win and G-U-I-E-N. 
And then um, at Let's Talk Fitness with Gabby. That's a good one. That's my uh, fitness. Well, thank you so much for your time. Love you. And to all of our listeners, remember to embrace that mindful movement and motion no matter what you're doing and incorporate these practices into your daily routine and experience that transformative impact that you can make on your well-being. So until next time, keep moving with purpose and stay tuned for more episodes of yours truly. Thank you, Gab. Bye.